I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 448. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. We are officially in the Advent season. Now, Advent is a season in the church calendar dedicated to the hopeful anticipation for the arrival or Advent of Jesus. And I like to use this season to meditate on the accounts surrounding the birth of Christ. And of course, we use music to inspire our study. So we're going to kick off this season a little differently using Shane and Shane's version of What Child Is This? It's a traditional Christmas song that got me thinking. I'll explain more in a minute. But first, let's listen. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap? You sleeping? Who angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch our king? As I considered this beautiful traditional Christmas song, I thought of other times in scripture where this question around Jesus arose. Uh, As an adult, it was not necessarily worded like, what child is this? But there are quite a few who is this questions throughout the life of Jesus. So let's start with the first question our song asks, what child is this? And in Luke chapter one, before Jesus was born, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary to tell her that she is going to have a child. And he says in in verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. End. So what child is this? Gabriel just gave uh, a lot of information about this child. And Mary asks her own question in return. But then in, uh, in, in verse 34, Mary says to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And then Gabriel's answer gives us more information about this child that she will conceive. In verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of of God. All right, let's take the bite of making a list here. Now, bite, B-I-T-E, is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, and I love making lists. It keeps it all organized in my mind, especially I, I keep my antenna up. I'm looking for kind of the characteristics of or the answers to what child is this. So from this text, answer the question, what child is this? And so on my list, I put son of Mary. 
hey, wait, that's in our song too. So great. Uh, Named by God through the angel Gabriel. His name was Jesus. I put that on my list. Great. Uh, Son of the Most High. Given the throne of David. So he's a king. Uh, Reign over the house of Jacob forever. Eternal kingdom. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Holy and Son of God. All of that came just from those few verses in that conversation between Gabriel and Mary. Now, if we take the bite of read and keep on reading, then we see an angel appearing to the shepherds on the night of Jesus's birth. And we're in Luke chapter two by now in verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So what child is this? Let's add to our list savior And then Christ the Lord. Now, Christ is the anointed one, the Messiah sent to redeem the world. Lord is like the Greek equivalent of Yahweh. So he is uh, God, the anointed one, the Messiah. So as you continue reading in Luke chapter 2, there were more questions that jumped out at me. The first questions were by Jesus himself. You see, at this point in the account of Christ's life, because Luke zips ahead, you know, until he's 12 years old, he joined his family on an annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Only when his family caravan left to return to Nazareth, he stayed behind. So Jesus stays behind, big old caravan of family took off without him. And it took them a bit to realize that he wasn't in the family caravan. I'm sure there was a lot of people, a lot of kids running in and out and, 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 and they just didn't realize that he wasn't with them. And when they discovered it, then it took them three more days before they found him in the temple. Three days of fear and panic. I'm absolutely sure scripture says great distress. (laughs) Well, I guess so. If I had lost my child for three days, I would be in great distress. But what child is this? Well, he's the 12-year-old boy sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And then Jesus's mother asks him, why why do you treat us like this? He asks two questions in return. In in verse 49 of Luke chapter 2, he said, why were you looking for me? And did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Uh, Verse 50 was going to be repeated over and over in the life of Jesus because it says they did not understand the saying he spoke to them. How many times did Jesus kind of express who he he was and what he was going to do or what was going to happen? And the people closest to him just didn't get it. But in 12 years, had they really forgotten what God had declared over Jesus through the angel? This son of God must be in the house of God. And that's what he was trying to explain to his family. So if you keep reading in Luke, you will get to chapter 4. And at this point, Jesus is grown and he's beginning his earthly ministry. But the question still remains in the hearts of the people that he grew up with. What child is this? I mean it. They literally ask, is this not Joseph's son? So let's go ahead and read that in context. By the way, if you have read from Luke chapter 1 through Luke chapter 4, you will be taking the bite of reading in context. Um, You know, pair that with reading, keep on reading kind of a scenario, and you're going to capture more scripture in your time. 
with God. But beginning in verse 16, Jesus went to the temple on the Sabbath and he unrolls a scroll from Isaiah and he read this, uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So when we pull our list back out, we can add spirit of the Lord on Jesus, anointed by God, and then anointed to proclaim. And I put in parentheses like a prophet. Uh, and uh, he's to proclaim the good news, liberty, recovering of sight, and the year of the Lord's favor. And at this point, Jesus rolls up the scroll and he gives it back to the attendant. And this is where we see the what child is this style question. In verse 21, he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You know, what child is this? So Jesus goes on to say no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. And he cites Old Testament references. Which, by the way, you could have a field day exploring uh, these cross-references on your own this week if you want to. But basically, the people in this account went from marvel to malcontent in a heartbeat. Listen to what they did and what Jesus did. And you too might be asking, what child is this? So in Luke chapter 4, verse 28, when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. (laughs) What child is this who can just pass through the midst of an angry mob? So review your list completely, but allow me to point out a few things. We already know he was great, son of the most high, anointed and appointed to proclaim the good news. He had a job to do. He was holy. He was the son of God. This is the child. This is the man that can walk through an angry mob uh, and continue on his, his journey and fulfill what he was sent to do. So keep reading in Luke chapter 4, and you will see Jesus back in the synagogue on a Sabbath day. Different day, different town, same Jesus. On this day, Jesus rebukes an evil spirit and casts it out of a poor man. Only this time the question is, what is this word? In, in Luke four thirty six, it says, And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. This question is ironic to me because we know that Jesus is the word. So they might as well have been asking, what child is this? All right, back to our list. He is Christ the Lord, the Messiah sent to redeem, to buy back the people from sin and evil. He will be given the throne, defeating sin and death for good. This is who he is. And when you keep reading in Luke, you will come to the room that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on episode 446. If you studied along with me that week, you can probably already see where I'm going to go with this. Uh, We studied the account out of Mark, but this is the same scene in Luke. Just in case it's been a while since you've read this area of scripture, 
allow me to recap. But Jesus was teaching in a room where a crowd had gathered and sitting among them were Pharisees and teachers of the law. And the crowd was so massive that these um, some faith-filled friends brought their paralyzed friend on a bed to be healed by Jesus. And they couldn't get through the crowd, so they lowered his bed through the ceiling. And when Jesus saw their faith, and, and I contend it's the faith of the friends and the paralytic that Jesus saw. Anyway, verse 20 says, and when he saw their faith of, of Luke chapter 5, and when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and scribes began to question. For our purposes today, they asked the equivalent of what child is this? Scripture records it like this, verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to question saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, let's pull out our list and add this. Let's add divine, because when you read the account, Jesus is pretty much saying, I agree, only God can forgive sin. (laughs) I'm God. All right, so I, I put divine. I put son of man, because he refers to himself as the son of man in this scene. I put authority to forgive sins and healer. And all of these things are found in this scene. So then further on in Luke chapter 7, you will read a similar question. Who is this who even forgives sins? So same kind of question. It's in the story of the sinful woman who washes washes Jesus' feet with her tears, wipes them with her hair, and then anoints them with oil. And you can read that on your own in Luke 7 as you read and keep on reading. And there are others, uh, but I do want to move on to the account in Luke 8. The what child is this moment in this scene happens in the midst of a storm. And in verse 25, uh, his disciples actually say, who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him. So basically in this scene, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. They set out to cross the lake. Jesus is sleeping when a windstorm picks up and the boat began taking on water. And when the disciples wake them up, they are frantic. They, they thought they were going to die. And Jesus wakes up and rebukes the wind and the raging waves. And they ceased. The wind and the waves ceased. And there was calm. What child is this indeed that even the wind and the waves obey him? All right, now there is another who asks, what child is this? And basically word was definitely getting out about Jesus. He was going from town to town, calling people to repent and turn to God. All the while he was healing them, casting out demons. And in Luke chapter 9, Herod the Tetrarch asks, who is this about whom I hear such things? These three verses stuck in the middle of Jesus, sending out the 12 apostles uh, and right before the feeding of the 5,000, this little section, these three verses, they kind of sent me on a bit of a rabbit chase. I'm going to share it with you. I I took the bite of exploring the historical context. I hope it doesn't derail us too much from the question at hand, but I did find it interesting. So if you read the account of Christ's birth in Matthew, you will see a Herod mentioned there. That Herod died, but his son took uh, was given a portion of his seat of power left by his father, Herod the Great. So Herod the Great was very powerful and very paranoid. This paranoia led to great building projects because he felt safer when he was behind large uh, buildings. These building projects actually serve as the backdrop to many scenes in the New Testament. It also led him to order the execution of family members on rumors of mutiny. 
he married 10 women and fathered 15 children by them and killing some of them because of his paranoia. But at his death, his lands were divided among three of his sons. Archelaus was left on the throne. Antipas was to be the Tetrarch of Galilee. And Philip was to be the Tetrarch of Golanitis. And so it is Herod the Great's son, Herod the Tetrarch over Galilee that we read about in Luke chapter 9. So let's read those three verses. Uh, 9 verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. And Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. I I really like how Michael Wilcock puts it in his commentary. He says, enough information has been given by this time for people to have reached this conclusion themselves. The conclusion, of course, that who of who Christ is as they have been given a clear outline of what the church is so that they have been given a clear outline of who the Lord is. And Herod represents all those, the majority of people who hear of Jesus and discuss him, but will not follow him. So basically he's saying here, lots of people keep asking, what child is this? And they have enough information to declare an answer that moves them to action. But rather they are like Herod, who hears about Jesus and talks about Jesus, but will not follow Jesus. And as we wrap up today's episode, we've been talking a lot about uncovering the identity of this child conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of Mary. And I'm going to let Jesus ask something of you. And he asked it of Peter in Luke 9, 20, when he said, who do you say that I am? Now, Peter answered the Christ of God. And perhaps you're like Peter and your eyes have been opened to this truth. And you um, believe that he is the Christ of God and you follow him. And the direction of your life is forever changed. But Herod wanted to see Jesus And he had no intention of following him. If you read in Luke chapter 23, you can see how he eventually handled a face-to-face encounter with our Redeemer. But some of you may answer this question, what child is this? You may answer, he's a good man or a prophet, but you're not ready to say that he was God incarnate. And if that's you, I want you to consider what C.S. Lewis says to this idea in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. This, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, or you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. Well, Jesus asks the same of us. Who do you say that I am? But it's God who has the final say. Keep reading. And in Luke chapter 9, you will hear the voice of God in verse 35. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. 
What child is this? God's son, God's chosen one. Listen to him. So what's next? We'll pick up the gospel of Luke. Start in chapter 1 and read and keep on reading. Look for the areas of scripture where there seems to be curiosity surrounding Jesus' identity. Make a list of identifiers as you meditate on who Jesus really is. And if you have never surrendered in your own heart um, and, and declared him Lord of your life, I pray that you do that this week as we be, launch into um, this waiting for Christ to return. Uh, you know, we're, we're waiting for his birth uh, this Advent season, but it, there's a dual sense of waiting as we are also waiting for his return to live with him forever. Now, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, I would be honored if you followed the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website, at michellekneezat.com that I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes with all of the scriptures that I use and links to resources that I used in my personal study whether I talked about them on the on the episode or not and my featured free resource this week is my 30-day music challenge which is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days and then I walk you uh, walk with you through it with one minute videos each day it's free so head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 30 day challenge to take the challenge Change your music, change your life. With that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Catherine from the UK and Karen from Nebraska. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website, michellekneezat.com, through iTunes, the Apple Podcast app you can follow on Spotify, or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring God with God by Michael W. Smith to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 448. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.